1: You know, as a racer, you read the rule book, but what you're actually reading is you're, you want to read what's not in the rule book. Let's face it, racing, bull riding, it's made to be dangerous. Okay. People come to watch because people want to see the danger. Is this the announcement? Our, our... <laughs> this, this
2: is the announcement. announcement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted it, you got it. The place for the untold, real, raw, and juicy stories of dirt track racing, it's Dirt Track Confessions.
2: And now, here's your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney, and today we have an incredible human, awesome guest, great friend, and just genuine person joining
1: us Terry Higby how are you good thanks for having me I Was thanks. excited uh, when you gave me a call about
2: it oh I, yeah you let me tell you what you were from the like from the get-go probably one of my biggest supporters
1: of the podcast yeah well I like to see people succeed and I listen to a lot of podcasts oh. So I'm really into the podcasting and, uh, we're, uh, we're gonna be
2: diving into that don't worry yeah
1: and I, I like to I like to learn about people that are on your podcast I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of Joe Rogan I listen to a lot of different things and yeah. uh, uh, it's just interesting, and I like to see people I know succeed. So, do what I can.
2: Thank you. And I okay. I'm, you're jumping way ahead of me already. It's way ahead. ahead of me. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also have my husband Mike joining us too. He's 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 gonna have the the deeper questions for me and integrate them in. But Jerry, so for anyone that does not know Jerry, um, he's very very well known in the Northeast and especially like the the modifieds and. Um, The career that you've had for yourself you have 10 track championships plenty of wins. I mean you've You've experienced quite a bit. You know,
1: I've been I've been racing almost 30 years Well, Mm -hmm. I actually did race 30 years um, and and had a good experience with it And my dad had cars, you know through the through the 60s and 70s So Mm -hmm. it was natural that I grew up and it just like my son is growing up into it And uh, I've had a really good career Um, I've existed in racing 30 years, which is not easy to do Made Uh I think I raced 30 just about 30 straight years at Middletown, without missing a race, a Big Buck Race. Wow. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. I missed blast. the first one like two years ago. I, I had gotten a kidney stone and was sick, and it was actually in the hospital for a little while. I missed my first race. Still race with a like, kidney stone? I didn't. Stone? No. no, I didn't. I was man down. Down But uh, I think it was about three straight years without missing a race. it's crazy. You know, that, that's a, that's a commitment. Yeah, no, I'm committed. You know, my dad, my, our whole family's around it, just like what Mike, just like you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's racing, probably they're listening to this podcast or involved in racing, probably very similar. And it does create a sport for us that makes longevity, if you choose to do it, uh, at any level. And, you know, I never did it at a, at a top level like your dad, um, you know, winning 900 races. I probably in my career may have won about 70, I would mm-hmm. say. You know, which it was good. I, I, I uh, was good at finishing
0: it's so it that way it's impressive. yeah Very a lot impressive. of top
1: fives and a lot of top tens and yeah occasionally they'll put some stuff up for Middletown from like the last like 15 or 20 years of top fives and I think I have way more than anybody else just because I was always able to finish consistent you know, which is cool. I like that yeah and I've enjoyed it I love racing okay yeah. so so backing
2: up a little bit your dad raised your you, well, no, your dad my dad like actually
1: just owned cars. Okay, he yeah, owned them like once or twice. But he, he was just he, terrible at it; hated it. But okay, he loved, so technically there is Loved building,
2: but yeah. he was involved at Middletown too. Correct? They
1: raced Middletown since basically since the '60s. They okay. had cars there, and when I was a kid, um, the name Botcher, Bobby Botcher, raced for my dad probably from 1976, 1977 up to about '85 or '86, and he was wow. probably the most well-known guy mm-hmm. that they had at the time. Before that and some of his friends had had raced it and then you know when i was a young guy early 90s they had frank cozy drove a couple of years won a bunch of races with my dad's stuff and they had a whole bunch of different drivers that raced their cars so So how did he get into
2: racing then i mean the tracks there
1: uh i think that's exactly it when he was a kid he liked going to the track and really liked engines really liked working on cars and just became a natural thing he tagged down with a couple of different race teams Mm -hmm. and i think when he was a senior in high school said you know what the heck it. i want to try to race something here and get a car going together and him, and then a year or two later, his brother got involved, my Uncle Gary. Mm-hmm. And um, my aunt, Bev, actually, I think, lettered the first car. So, you know, it's a, everybody has a story of way back when, and that's their way back when story. It's a
2: whole yep. family circle. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll now introduce your your son's raising too.
1: Yeah, 2000, I think, 19, mm-hmm. um, 18, 19. Um, when he was a little kid, we built him a slingshot, did all that kind of stuff, and He wasn't really that interested in it, but always interested in being hands-on, always being interested in being at the track. You know, at Eastern States for the 200s, when he was like 10 years old, he would run my radio. He could run my race and tell me where I needed to be and where the other guys were and everything that was going on. With the Syracuse, who was my radio guy in the backstretch. I mean...
2: You've molded him well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could take a shock apart probably since he was about 12 years old. Can we have him? And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, he never really wanted to get behind the wheel. and I built a slingshot together really nice and he said, Dad, I don't think I want to race it." So that's perfectly okay. You know, building it was was the best part. You get old, if you want to race good. If not, it's okay. You work on the cars and just like your grandfather, be a car owner, it'll be great. Yeah. So when he turned 15, he's like, Dad, you know what? I think I'd like to race. You think we can get a sportsman together? So I'm like, I really can't see why not, yeah. you know, but you're going to do the work. You're going to learn everything about it. I'm going to be here to help you the whole way, but you've got to do the work. So we actually got a car. We were the fourth owner of one of our own HIGFAB cars. We took it on trade, and that was the car that he started out in, which worked out really well. And he put it all together. We got a great engine, and we went racing. So last three or four years, he's won a bunch of races, and he actually won the point championship in Orange County a couple of years ago in the sportsman class and mm-hmm. then the middle of this year I, I started kind of backing off in the last two or three years I've only raced about ten times a year so um we got to I kinds of code. you really should think about moving up so this year middle of the season we put him in the big block we put him in the big small block ran some day stuff ran Accord and he moved up the modified in the middle of this year so that's
2: a present for like the not as many years of
1: racing yeah exactly he didn't start out in a slingshot or a go-kart or anything like that but what he did have and what i always stressed to him was you know what most of the guys you're going to race against they're good racers and they've raced go-karts and slingshots and you name it they've got the on-track stuff you have the behind the scenes stuff and you've talked to a lot of people and Mm -hmm. you've talked to shock manufacturers you've talked to people that know what's going on and if the guy in front of you is sliding like crazy and you can make your car not slide as much as that guy's sliding you're going to be better so that's the premise that we used and from there he just got better and better and better and then Now he's so technical with it that he's, he see I think he's really gonna establish himself as a very good racer in the next couple of years and mm-hmm. You know he, he I think he's gonna have the type of longevity that I have and, You know, we uh, we have a really good team with a lot of people that help us which is cool that, that creates longevity, you know We don't have people that are out there just saying here Go buy these five fifty thousand dollar engines and everything else like we talked about previously, you know, but everything we have we appreciate take Guterro from the ground up and, and build a nice race team that can that can keep going for him for years to come so it's, it's exciting that's you know it's exciting. really and actually yesterday um, uh, I fit him up in the last car that was mine so now he has he, he, he uses a size 14 seat and my seat gets bigger every year I don't even know what size it is anymore but I can't get, I think one cheek of my butt in his seat. So now his seats are in all the cars. So now I definitely will not be racing anymore. No, I'm going to sell my other two seats and and he's going to be in all of them. So he's going to have three really good cars. And we're thinking about building maybe a fourth form so we can have some variety and be able to kind of race a little bit here, there and wherever we want to go with it. So the sky's the limit and it's fun. And it's fun going racing with him, Mm -hmm. you know, that younger generation looks at it different, you know, when the suspensions changed a few years ago, he adapted right to it because he didn't really get so used to all the other stuff. So it was neat when Orange County's track changed a few years ago, really, really stubbed me. And um, he was good with it, because that's the only track that he raced at. You know, mm-hmm. when they took some of the banking out, slowed it down, made it slicker, and he was really good on it, because that's what he learned to race on. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool, and I, I just, I love going racing with him every week. And last year we raced, after a few times together, we raced uh, New Egypt, we went to the uh, Short Track Super Series race together. Wait, had,
2: you both were competing together?
1: Well, yeah. here's the funniest part and the best part. Him and I ended up in the same heat. Okay? Of course. Well, it was a family heat because Mike was in it with little Billy uh-huh. and the two Grasso boys were in it. We are all in the same I exact remember heat. That so I remember. I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, I was good enough, family fortunate part. enough to pick fifth or sixth. So I got qualified, code started in the back and ended up in the back. Mm-hmm. But it was really good laps for him, you know. And every time him and I competed at court, his first night up there with the modified, the, the track was tough, so they decided to skip the heats and just draw for the feature. Him and I drew seven and eight. So we started next to each other, nice. we go to Afton. We both got handicapped. We started, I think 11th and 12th or 12th and 13th every time we went there. So I got to race elbow to elbow with him, which was really cool. So we wanted to do, you know what I mean? And in the last two races, he just, I couldn't keep up. Then we ran the, um, the day of show at Orange County. I drew ninth in my heat, same heat as him. He started fourth or fifth. He got second, I got fourth. And I said, you know what? I, I, I enjoy watching him too much. When I'm on the track with him. I want to watch him where mm-hmm. I want to watch myself. So I don't need to be doing this anymore. I've had some ailments with a leg and stuff. So I said, you know what, now's
0: the time. I gotta be done doing this and and really devote myself to him. So I was fortunate enough to get to race with my dad on the track some as well. And um, what I found is that we have completely different driving styles and different Mm -hmm. feels for the race car. Do you find that as well? Um, Pretty much, you know, because most of what he
1: started doing was the stuff that I did, you know? So now he's probably 180 degrees different than what I would be, you know? But the good news about having a kid like that, and probably for you too, is like the last couple of times we raced, he did my shocks, he did my springs, he smashed all my stuff, got all my stuff ready. So I felt a lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, you know what I mean? And he wow. made me feel a lot better than I can make myself feel. Because he's, he had been doing that anyway. He had been helping me quite a while yeah. anyway. So, you know, now it's time for me to, to really be able to help him and make him better. And we went That's to Accord yeah. the end of the year. I think it was um, the last race or two. And he went up there and we brought his little spec motor up there. And he started ninth. And we had, uh, you know, he was having trouble sticking it and stuff. And I was able to help him that night. And he almost won. He got second the last night of Accord. And it was cool. And I was able to help him with that. If I had been racing against him and with him, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have won as good. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have won as well because. I couldn't keep my
0: eye on his it. It good so yeah. you know, from there. Yeah, on, I know. I, just, so I want to do that. My my dad, having uh, you know, coming to watch, he, he I'll ask him, you know, what did what did the car look like? He goes, I oh, don't know, I wasn't sitting in it. <laughs> but if you're out there with him, yeah, you have a feel for what the track's doing, what the car's doing, oh you yeah, view, which way it's pulling and everything. Yeah. So yeah, you have a feel to to give feedback between each other. It's, oh, without it's a doubt, such a different conversation. Without a doubt, and then you know, on the car building side of it for me.
1: I'm already dealing with that with a lot of customers, mm-hmm. and, and I can help a lot of the customers because I do understand what they're saying. And you know, I can troubleshoot a lot of the calls I get and say, you know what, maybe it's not the car so much as it is your brakes, or maybe it is, you know, because from being in the seat, I can help him the same thing, you know, or maybe it's a steering box issue, or maybe it's you know something like that mm-hmm. that I can troubleshoot just from being in the seat for so long. You know, it really lends itself to Cody, but it was the same thing for me when I got in it with my dad being in it forever. Yeah. You know, when I got in it. And, you know the carburetor was tuned right the way it had to be and i have to have all those learning curves of oh man you know what i didn't even realize that the thing had lost the cylinder i had no idea you know i just didn't know but you know
0: when you got people around you that know what's going on you, you limit it, it are exactly. exactly good equipment all the time you don't realize mm-hmm. all the different working pieces that have to be perfect for mm-hmm. the thing to go right exactly and exactly you, and you step into something there where there's multiple issues at once it is hard yeah. to figure out exactly what. Exactly. What's causing the issue. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, we, and we've, all, we've all had that, whether it's a wiring thing or it's something that you're trying to figure out where at lap three the thing starts to skip a little bit or something starts to go on, you know? And when, you, when you've been around it a long time, hopefully we can minimize all that stuff for Kobe, mm-hmm. you know?
2: So for our listeners that may not know, they should know, absolutely should know, but may not know is, you know, your chest business. Take that. Like, how? Back us up a little bit because what inspired you to start it?
1: I'll back you up from way back. Um, I actually went to work at TO in 96, 97. And I worked there when they were in their old shop in Sussex Little Shop. And uh, we had moved from there into the big shop that they have now. Um, and Bobby Hearn and I were, were looking at maybe being a partnership in the in the CNC uh, machining business in, in the back of the shop and actually starting to maybe mold ourselves at TO uh, a little bit more like Bicknell did. Where, you know you, you would work for him and maybe be a part owner of each piece of what went on there sort of to give you a reason to go to work every day and try to create more success in the job place. so we had done that and uh, we, we started getting some CNC stuff up and running and a, a little while into it I realized it really wasn't gonna work out for me like I'd hoped you know so 2003 I actually left there and started my own fabrication business with absolutely no intentions of building race cars doing some body stuff and that, and then doing some, uh, I did a lot of stainless work for some, some, some factories in our, in our area and stuff like that. And, uh, I think it was, uh, and that was 2003 that I went into business and rented a nice shop from, from Donnie Elliott's dad right near the speedway. And it was neat. And then, you know, Bobby a lot of cars, started doing bumpers and rubbers and all that kind of thing. And I had, uh, I still had some TO cars and I had some PMC cars and then I'd gotten Bicknell cars. Um, and I think it was like 2011, um, I ran. I just wasn't comfortable in the car, and I'd taken it apart. And I was going to get another frame and a body from Randy. And my dad used to go racing quite a bit with Tim Fuller with um, the JNS guys, the Smith Brothers seventy four. He would drive the truck all over. And I went to Volusia. Uh, it was like two thousand eleven, I think. I had just gotten done driving for the, the sixty six guys with uh, um, uh, the paving guys and uh, Petruskas. And um, I sold the frame and body, and I said to myself, you know what? a jig here I've got everything to build a car I'm just gonna build a car for myself because I I just, I want the best of all the worlds I've had a to and I've had a PMC and I've had a big now I want to try to take what I like with everything and just just build a car you know so while my dad was in Volusia uh, me and a, a, a kid Richie that worked for us I said you know I, I said I'm gonna order everything and let's just start building the car it'll be fun you know so we built the car in 2011 and it was it was cool and Jackie Brown was one of our customers and friends and he came down and he says you know what? why don't you build me a car too because I want to do something different too so i'm like oh okay what the yeah. heck you know so 2011 2012 we built one then we built two and then the following year two became four mm-hmm. you know and then four became eight and then so on and so forth and like this week we'll build our 450th car, like so from not really intending on doing anything like yeah. since then we've done like 40 a year you know which for a group of four of us is, is a lot it's huge you know? just for That's fun huge. And, and it started out just, yeah. Yes, well, it's still fun. Well, you know what? It, it is fun, and I do love what I'm doing. I really do, and it, and it is fun. Um, you know, but going through all the the highs and the lows, you know, people people come and go. Your dad had had gotten his last win in our car. You know what I mean? Which is cool. And, and we're always proud of that. When it pops yeah. up on our Facebook he, memories, I sent yeah, to you one did. time. He's and still it's just mad
0: like, that I sold that car. Yep. It's <laughs> still, it's still. i like like, you can order another one. It's still when I, it's still when I
1: see your dad, he'll say, you know. Your car, the nicest body on it, fit better than anything I've ever had. He always reminds me of something, you know what I mean? So, uh, but but meeting and, and and being friends with with some of our customers is the coolest thing, yeah. you know. And and um, we we've had a lot of wins, we've had a lot of success, we've had a lot of failures, and it, it's all part of racing. Yeah. No matter what you do, you know. Um, but but we don't market ourselves as a giant company. We don't we don't market ourselves to try to be in. Bicknell's eyesight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we make everything kind of fit off the Bicknell stuff. Um, I'm really good friends with Randy. Randy helps me a tremendous amount. He's a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, when Cody won his first sportsman race, it was during COVID when we were all parked, and there was no crowd. We were kind of all parked near each other at Middletown. Cody won his first sportsman race that year. And we we're walking from our trailer to walk down there I had a text from Randy saying, it, I am so excited for you to be able to stand victory lane with your son. You, you know what I mean like and when we first started building our own parts and stuff he said you know Vic now we can build you anything you want put your name on it whatever you want so I've never looked at myself as a competitor as they're doing they do more cars in two years than we've done in ten mm-hmm. you know what I mean And I don't fight that you know what I mean right. I enjoy it you know what I mean I learn from it and, and we're building good stuff and we're making stuff so that it fits good it's, it's working well you know I, I didn't count how many championships like last year we won, but the year before we won 11 championships, which you wouldn't even oh, know it because yeah. we're not big on, oh, look at us, you, mm-hmm. you know, but we just, we enjoy what we do. And that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. And we pay our bills, we enjoy it. We get, we try to get things done when, when we tell people we're going to get it done, which is hard to do in racing. You know, it's hard to do with getting material
0: in and, and, and getting stuff made with what you have to do. It, it is rare to, for somebody to give you a date. Yes, they and this is when you're going to pick it up Yeah, and it's actually ready on that. We, we, try, we, try, we, try, we try to do it the I, best we can. And I'm not putting any pressure on you or, or yeah. any, any manufacturer, but it's rare across the board. And where, where it's gotten
1: hard now is, you know, since COVID and things like that, trying to get material in has gotten difficult. The price of everything's gotten difficult, you know, and I, I try to really be upfront with the money we need to get paid to start to do it and, and you know, the rest of it when it's done, deposits and things like that, stay on top of the business end of it, you know, because building the car part is the fun part. That's the good part. Yeah. Getting all the stuff in to do it and dealing with the dealing customers with
2: people. And, and the people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love people. And then, and, and you know, you hate people. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. You know, it's, it's, it's life. It, it's yeah. all of racing, whether it's in business or your are track, it's reflection of real life. You know, and you deal with the good and you deal with the bad. It's just how it goes. But I love what we do. I really do.
2: So yeah. uh, I guess this question is like my, my ocd i don't know if you, you don't have OCD. do you i don't
1: know
2: what i have okay we, we <laughs> haven't diagnosed we have not diagnosed okay so Sorry, for we'll me, do this human design yeah. yeah that'll be on the next episode so for me like being like a chassis builder knowing people are confiding you to keep them safe in this race car is kind of what i'm touching on like my cousin david
0: sure
1: yeah, that was really about car happened, car yeah.
2: was able to walk away. Yeah, like yeah, that was art. Yep. amazing. Yep. Like yep. for you, building these race cars, knowing people are trusting you that you're you're building something safe, and I'm like, how do you sleep at night?
1: Well, you know what I I have an engineering background, I have a bachelor's degree. You know, not that that means you build the best things in the world. Yeah, but I have a pretty good idea of it and I crash tested a lot of my own stuff. Okay. And I think that's more important. The on track stuff is more important than anything else. And when you have a crash like what David had, you know he ended up parked at Port Royal, for anybody that doesn't know, he ended up parked at Port Royal on the front stretch and the guy running toward the back really cleaned his okay. clock at full speed and just tore his car to shreds. And you know our cars are built to take a hit in the front, they're built to take a hit in the back, they're built to take a hit in the top of the cage, but you know what, when you get hit, from certain angles, from certain sides and all that, you have some really big wide open spaces that you really can't do anything about, you know? And that's the scary part, that's the hard part, but we try to learn from every single thing that happens and try Mm -hmm. to limit it the best you can, you know? And I do worry about it, I worry about all of our customers. I worry about all my friends, I worry about people in big nels or teals also, you know? Because let's face it, when we get in our cars, we're just looking at your dad's old, old car that's on the jig down so that he's restoring. You know, the sides of the cockpit and things on our cars are, are this big, and, and our front bumpers actually are slightly smaller than that so they can actually still just about so get inside it. with you you know so there's still yeah. certain things that are on my mind all the time mm-hmm. no matter what you know what i mean like like how scared you were when your brother's throttle stuck mm-hmm. port royal also yeah. you know that's scary but you know what those cars are really designed to take a good frontal impact that's a very common impact good chances probably going to yeah, be out, which is nice
2: like, you want to go you don't want to try and whip the car around just head on
1: yeah I mean, and you know what that's a lot of reasons it's that's, scary to say that you want to hit with the front bumper because financially the frame in the front bumper is cheaper you lift yes. the wheels off it it's mm-hmm. a lot more expensive <laughs> and there's a good chance hitting with the front bumper you can continue it on mm-hmm. so I yeah. mean, they, they, they have that curved design in the front clip that folds easier exactly you, right and, and the same thing in the back you know when we look at our rear clip design very similar to the big. now like our whole top perch in the back is designed when you get back into the wall to fold up you know, it has to hold up to a certain point, because, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, you guys weren't around, um, because you're a young Uh but like, 19, I think it was 85, you know, Richie Evans and a whole bunch of guys got killed in these in these Troyer cars and these asphalt cars, because the cars were built so rigid that when they hit the wall, it was the driver taking the impact. You know, you have to have crush zones, you have to yeah. have crumple zones, and a lot of it is just from what you've seen in your life, what I saw at TO from people that had crashes, what I saw as a kid when my dad had Olson cars, when he had canizal cars, when he had home built. Back in the day he'd have a bright a bright bill price chassis when I was a little, a little kid. You know, I've been learning about this stuff since then, where where they can take a hit, where they can't take a hit. You know, and let's face it, you know, you know when you're worried when you get wrecked that I don't want to get hit there. I don't want to get hit like that. Even watching the Chili Bowl the last couple nights, mm-hmm. a couple of those guys got flipping on top of the wall, they were hitting down on the cage at the top of the wall. I saw a couple of cages. Well, you know what? That's not that's not because the cage didn't do what it needed to do. It's not supported. Same thing with the Mel or any other car. When you roll it, and especially if you get on top of a wall or something like that, they're going to come down some. They're going to come down some, but they're not going to fold up onto the driver. And yeah, you know? absorb some of the impact. Some of the impact, but they exactly. not far enough to hit the drive. Exactly. And I've had a few customers say, you know, I rolled this thing really bad at the top of the cage's vote. I want to bring it down to you. And I've looked at them and I've condemned them and said, listen, this thing did its job once, let's not race it again. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And that's the stuff that worries me. There's some people that have been able to pour a power cars back out go race them again. It's you not know, the same. Things like that. It's not the same. No. You know what I mean? That worries me more than just anything else is what people do on their own with it when they have it. You know? I'm mm-hmm. all for making anything better. Like when David had his crash, mm-hmm. you know, Marty Resnick was on, the, was on the phone with me and says, I have some ideas. I have some ideas for the next time this happens let's put we can call them Marty bars we'll get them put in everybody's cars and i went i went you know and and the next car we built for Dave, we did a little bit of that into it but Mm -hmm. you know thankfully wrecks like that and and hits like that they don't happen very often yeah but you know if you can make something better you can make it better across the board absolutely look at nascar they have the ryan newman bar they put in they have all the different things where these guys had some close calls or gotten hurt or even where the hans came from and things like that how many people Gave their lives, or had a lot of brain damage, and things like that. Just not having the odds. Or back in mm-hmm. the day, we were kids, and we had we didn't even have any, uh, you know, head uh, full, anything full containment, full containment seat. seats, or even anything on the side of them. Your dad's old car, downstairs has a, has a fiberglass seat in it. And you
2: know, used to race with like the bandana, sure. <laughs> exactly, think. exactly.
1: And when they first came out with aluminum seats, they're like, oh, these are great because they wrap right around you, so nice. But if you went to Syracuse and ran a 200 mm-hmm. lapper, right by mm-hmm. the end of that, the seat was out here. You know, I remember uh, one of the fancier seats out by us, Roger Horbath, was building the most rich view racing seat. They came out, I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. You got to like turn sideways to get in it. This is going to be the safest thing in the world. And when Syracuse was over, the seat was like this. It was like just, Uh, I felt like I was falling out of it, you know. But it was safe because it had a little bit of give to it. You know, that's what we thought anyway. But technology's come a long way because people have hit their heads and because people have hurt themselves. That's
2: how we learn. Unfortunately.
1: Well, that's how you learn in life too. You you fall down you know how to do it. You get back up and clean yourself up and keep going so mm-hmm. that's that's we try to do that every day and anybody that has a bad wreck i say listen i want to come look at it i want you to bring it to me anything i can do to make it better you know so knock on wood we've we've minimized it you're never going to do away with it because let's face it racing bull riding it's made to be dangerous mm-hmm. people come to watch because people want to see the danger people want to see the guy three wide up on the outside looking like the throttle stuck people want to see that guy occasionally climb the fence you know, yeah. Flemington's allure. When we were kids, their their allure was that wooden fence that would suck people in, and okay. you know, they'd come to see your dad win, but they'd come to see the cars go for a tumble too yeah. now and then. So it has to be dangerous to a certain extent, otherwise there's no excitement. Boy. So, well, it's gotta be living on that. Could be,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's to some to well, some extent, it needs to. Flemington specifically was a dangerous enough track that the the guy that was the least scared of it won the most races. Sure, right, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't a follow the leader of race because there was somebody that could outdo the rest of them. Sure. And if the track's too easy, then we can all do it and it's not that exciting. Right? Exactly right. Exactly right. That's what it
1: has to be. And, and, and a side note to that, my dad's 97 cars only went to Flemington one time and they came back they came back, pictures of it up the, oh up the wooden fence. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. And he was a couple of laps down, it was a track track race and they were just trying to get some points. Oh, <laughs> i thought that was interesting me myself i only ever went to two races at flemington i mm-hmm. went to the last dirt race and the first asphalt race it's the only two times i was ever there mm-hmm. and, and i wasn't able to race the dirt i wasn't
0: racing back then mm-hmm. so so dad. back to the i mean back to your history with your father was there uh, any relationship to your dad owning cars and building cars and you eventually i mean it seems like the way you you explained it you kind of went off on your own and did it yeah it's funny how that
1: how that worked out like what i did had nothing to do with my dad and my uncle gary like my uncle gary and my dad got me involved in racing since i was a kid and they would go to like if jack johnson got a brand new car my dad my dad my uncle gary they would go up to jack johnson's and spend a week a weekend whatever they were doing kind of copy whatever he got and then they would build it themselves they'd cards all night i don't even know how these people existed like this you know what i mean wouldn't sleep so they did all that. So growing up, we always did our own bumpers. We always did all our own stuff and all that. But I never, ever thought I'd be doing any kind of thing. I never wanted to go to college, did all that. I'm like, I'm not gonna do this kind of thing. But we did it to exist. My dad and my uncle did it to race. They did it so they could keep racing. They never sold anything to anybody like that. They just did it so they could keep racing, mm-hmm. you know? And it really worked out good. And same thing, it gave them long in the sport. And um, so really what my dad and my uncle did didn't have anything to do with me going into building it, which was funny, but they gave me the racing addiction. You know, my uncle Gary's actually the one that got me involved in getting behind the wheel, saying, hey, if you want to race, now would be a good time. We have two big blocks. If you want to learn to race, you can you can, you can, can get started doing it. Kind of like Cody, I didn't race my whole life and all that. But when I was 18, 19, he said, hey, you want to try this? Let's go do it. You know, So that's actually how I got my start, behind the wheel. And then from there, it's just a, an addiction. And then enjoying- kids, <laughs> can't stop it from there. Right, that. and enjoying <laughs> building things. From when I was a kid, they, they certainly put, my uncle Gary taught me how to build lobbies. He taught me how to construct things. You know, and my dad, and, and that hands on stuff just that doesn't make them when you like doing it. It's cool. And then once you go into your own business, you have to add in the you know, dealing with the public and dealing with people that's a whole other avenue that you have to learn. And, and the business and accounting end of it is still always going to be a work in progress, no matter what. You know, and how to make money with it is another thing that stuff you know, that you got to start getting automated, you have to start putting more things in more people's hands more often and you get paid more. And it's you know, that's that's where I'm at now is trying to make the business so it's better yet, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's been a, an interesting voyage, I'm 51 years old and been, I feel like building cars and bumpers and you name it since I was probably eight so it's probably over 40 years I've been, <laughs> I've been, been doing and it. And what year you know, did you establish the name Hig Chassis? Really it I started, it was Hig Fabrications in 2003, Hig Fab Chassis started really 2011, 2012 That's when I first built the first couple of cars, which, which yeah, it was mm-hmm. neat, you know, it was and and it's been fun it's just been an adventure but if i you know decide to do something different tomorrow i would like we talked about earlier i did it so hard for so long and i enjoy it i live it i love it and forget it i I can do it you know it's it's live it
2: love it forget it that's right (laughs) that's (laughs) right that's the model and
1: and if you're gonna go racing you're gonna play sport you're gonna do anything you do yeah that's how you gotta live yeah you know no matter what you know you get there you do it as hard as you can Mm -hmm. do it for as long as you can and then when you pull out and you're not doing it you know, you, you go racing that night when you leave, it's over. Tomorrow's a brand new day. Tomorrow's a new race. You win the night; you're, you're a hero for that night. That's great. Then the next time you go race; you don't qualify, and you say to yourself, "I'm terrible at this." And that last race never leaves you, whether it was a winner, it's, 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 it's a crash, whatever. And, and, and business is similar to that. You know, if we have a bad customer experience, somebody doesn't like the car, so you can't help somebody with it. It's hard. You know, it's it's you know when you when you fail or, or whatever you might call it, not succeed with a customer, it, it's hard. You know it's the same with the same with
0: racing yeah um uh, i had a question wrote down of how do you keep up with the changes in our sport so like five years ago they they switched us to left side panhard not necessarily like a rule change but a, just an adaptation sure. that most people ended up on and uh for me as a driver it changed everything sure uh, so for you as a manufacturer yeah. it had to To me, that's our hardest part
1: because we're not dealing in the numbers that say Vicknell is. You know, with the the amount of cars that they have and the amount of feedback that they have coming back, Mm -hmm. we don't have those numbers. And a lot of numbers that we have, we have very strong car counts like Southern Tier, uh, Sportsman, a lot of modified stuff there also. But like Super Dirt Series-wise and all that, um, not a lot of big block stuff, not a lot of that stuff. So I'm not getting a lot of information directly you know thankfully i'm in the business and been around it long enough to have friends like Mike, friends like people that kind of keep me in the know friends with all the manufacturers friends with all that kind of stuff right and we race a lot of our own stuff so normally when i tell somebody listen try this shot combination try this try that where are you at i probably nine out of ten times i'm going to be able to help them but it's been because I bolted it on my car, bolted it on his car. Heard so and so bolted it on their car. And, and you know what? Big Mel has to do, and Tio has to do the same thing. You know, when Matt earns out with Tio, and he's out with Tyler Dippel we'll trying whatever they're doing in Oswego, they're going to put that in their new cars, and that's that's what we do. We're trying to go racing as much as we can. You know, we have a, 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 a small batch of people that will go to that will go to Florida and race in the beginning of the year. We have you know a few people that will run some of the some of the trail races, and you know, track to track, we normally have two or three or four guys that are pretty good you know, that we can get some information from. But um, that, that's definitely the biggest challenge is staying currently,
0: definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Grandview, Big Diamond made an announcement that in 2025, they're gonna go back to only right side can cars. And, uh, I mean, do you think, what do you think about that?
1: Well, as I sit here, there's two of me, okay? From a driver's standpoint, I love it. Because as a 50-year-old driver, the left side pair has been tough on me. I go to a track that's rough, hitting my head, physically having had an ailments after, has been tough for me. Getting to know the new suspension
0: has been tough for me. But looking at it as a manufacturer, they're taking a, a giant
1: step back in technology of, look at what all we just did, putting the left side stuff on it, making the cars handle so much different. How can we take something that's that's nothing and outlaw it? It's not like it's an illegal Part or something that's taken out of the space shuttle, you know, it's moving a bar from this side to this side, you know. So as a builder, I say to myself, it's ridiculous. As a as a driver myself, I'm okay with it, and I understand why they did it because Big Diamond and and, and, um, and Grandy are on an island of their own. They have their own racers, and they're they're big guys. You know, your Cressleys, Van Doren, Strunky, Dwayne Howard. The last ten years or so, they don't step out of there a whole lot, yeah. you know. And Van Miller you know these guys they they've really they've got great racing amongst themselves so when they do this kind of thing The way I'm looking at it is it's going to be a really good case study For a lot of people to look at for a lot of racetracks to look at because there's always You know people that throw it out there that maybe it's maybe it's making the tracks grind up a little bit more too Maybe it's make, making the racing a little bit more of a train race maybe it's a so they're going to actually do the experiment for a lot of us by doing what they're doing and I go to like all the the chassis uh, rules meetings um for dirt cars stuff like that where we're trying to kind of plan the future and what's best for our sport to try to maintain you know the health of it and um you know it's a huge topic for us we do talk about that kind of thing and and we always chime in and say listen we have so many left side things out there you can never go back which you really can't you know but if grandview and big diamond go out there and say oh my god look at how much better the racing is again now it may be something in the future you can learn from so it, you definitely got to have an open mind for it, you know, but how you out one. I, I don't know for everywhere. I, it's going to be tough, but I, I did get a lot better racing with the left side stuff. And most of it has been because of the help of, of, of my son getting good with it because he didn't really know anything other than that. You know, for me, I raced 25 years with the right side stuff and then all of a sudden at the end of my career, I'm starting to get into left side stuff. So I'm not sure as a driver, how eager I was to learn it either. So yeah so you're,
0: you're coming into it with a more open mind yeah uh, i mean so my dad still like is like we got to go back to drag rubber alcohol and smaller bodies sure like you, it, it was better back then and um i'm i'm pretty sure he's right but <laughs> well, <laughs> i'm just saying yeah you know, it's just hard because there's so many, there's, everybody's on this package. Right. And, right. and, and so. it's, it's hard to go backwards. It's
1: hard to go backwards when you get to where you are. You know what I mean? And to yeah. me, that's technology-wise and things, that's going backwards, you know, because I don't know what the right side stuff is going to do to all the technology we've learned in shocks, all the technology we learned with the springs, with the combinations of springs, with stacking them, with, with, with all the stuff that we've been working with. I don't know if it's going to erase all that or not. I don't know if it's going to make people want to go back to torsion bars. I, I, I mean, that's the part that's interesting also, because as a chassis builder, if we're going to build it, and we do have a few cars that run grand and run big data, are we going to be building those guys new cars and putting torsion racks and things like that in them so they can kind of go right back to five-year-ago uh, uh, notebooks? So, I mean, there there may be something good that comes from it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they certainly think there's going to be, so i got to believe there's going to be you know so uh, that's absolutely and i'm not against it Mm -hmm. i'm I'm absolutely like i say that is going to be a great experiment for all of us to see at at the cost of none of us it's going to be a very i I think a good experiment yeah because
0: it's uh going to be very affordable to weld some tabs on the right side and try it there's nothing to it right so diamond doesn't it's it's not and then the other advancements that like you said the stack springs and short rods of the for the trailing arms, um, some of that could still apply. Some maybe somebody sure. will come up with something different. Sure. Um, so something else could always replace that that left side.
1: Exactly, exactly. And when and when they say left side, you know, as a racer, you read the rule book. But what you're actually reading is you're, you want to read what's not in the rule book. When you read through the rule book, like I want to build something that's not in there yet you know and, and throughout the course of time you could probably pick almost anything out that you see and say why is that in there okay I, I know why it's in there you know like uh, like your fuel systems 24 gallons and you have to have direct line this and that and the other thing you know why because in 1989 Frank Cozy won the Eastern State 200 without pitting because he had fuel line wrapped around and big fuel filters and he had enough fuel to do whatever the heck he wanted that day and everybody else was pitting and he was giggling you know somebody made a rule for that so I think you know little by little so when they outflow the left side panel bar and go to the right side okay well, what does that mean the left side panel bar Are they still going to be able to run some variation of something that's not necessarily a right side panel bar are they going to be able to adapt something exactly. different what does to that mean? have a similar does event? that include the j bar does and that include exactly the- and, and you know as well as i do dicknell to us we're going to all be digging in on that to say okay how do we do that so there's an opportunity within there also to say here's the third opportunity we may come up with something even better yeah who knows you know so I, I feel have like, a good um, open
0: mind for it. So those meetings are good between between you and the other manufacturers because you realize that you're looking at the opposite of what the rules say. Exactly. Right? What, because you're coming from a driver's standpoint. You're reading it backwards. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the people that are writing the rules sometimes are looking at it like, no, you knew what I meant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I knew what you meant. But that's not what you wrote.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, look oh, at yeah. some of the windows that came out this year at, at Super Dirt Week. You know, you look at them, you're like, oh, "All right, yeah. that's illegal." But are they illegal? Aren't Let's they? see what you've got. Okay. Yeah. No, actually, they're yeah. not illegal. You know, and and then a lot of that stuff's kind of trivial, and, and it's and it's really cool for conversation. It's cool for pictures, but.
0: I um, think some of that is, it's, it's, just, it's just to talk about yes. uh, probably didn't gain any performance advantage, exactly. but case uh, hey, look, you better write this rule about it. Keeps everybody's <laughs> I, I call it the gray area. It's the gray it's area. It's the gray area. Exactly. And we'll leave those
1: dirt rules meetings in the last probably eight or nine years they've invited me to go to them, and then they'll come out with the rule actually in the book that we spoke about. And I said to myself, why did they write it like this? I don't yeah. understand. This is not hitting exactly what we wanted to have happen here. This is this is different than what we talked about. It's not going to come across the way we discussed uh, it. I already see the loopholes in what we're doing here. Yeah. You know? and, and, and and I don't think anybody's really going to be coming out with the, the Batmobile per se in the next few years or anything like that, but just little things, windows yeah. and roof angles and things like
0: that, that annoy people that who knows what they have to do with the performance. Right. But it, I, I feel like more of those meetings between all the different series and absolutely sanctioning bodies and tracks more of those types of meetings would improve the clarity exactly um, need, between the manufacturers need, and their customers you need any you need clarity and you need
1: a preservation of future you know so let's all start building so that somebody's stuff's not getting really out of line let's make sure like the droop rule on the left rear the subframe on the left rear for us now you know they're not saying everybody has to have that but Manufacturers as a whole, this is what we want to see you guys do. So we can't let your car roll as much as you'd like to have them roll. You're not gonna to go to a 10 or 11 inch shock on the left rear and, and let the thing really go immensely and have your have your blade, your, your rear spoiler, another foot and a half in the air that, than what it is, You know, is. They're saying, okay, let's just limit what we're they're doing. They're trying to stop the car from flipping by itself. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they just kind of keep things in there. And, and, and what I think is interesting like about dirt cars is that when we go to all these meetings, we have Brett Day online also when when they talk about it because they're like you know what we're going to be paving the way for what all of racing is going to be because a lot of brett daveau's rule books are you know what it's, it's based on what the dirt car rule would be and then this is also what we're doing yeah. so we have his best intentions in mind also as much as they may look like they're going tooth and nail at each other it's 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 preserving a good future for everybody
2: we all have to work together exactly. we're all in it for the exactly. majority of the same reasons exactly yeah.
0: exactly i mean it's yeah exactly we're all trying to race a modified and, and a lot of us are trying to Race here and there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for the goodness of the sport.
2: That kind of reminds me. It was years ago at I think it was Super Dirt Week. Randy Williamson had said like it, it's healthy to have competition. Oh, yeah. So like him helping you, uh, DCAM or or Tia sure. or Troyer and anyone like it. We, we have to all work together.
0: Sure.
1: Exactly. Whether exactly right. whether
2: people think it or not. Like we talk about. Um, uh, uh, who was it? Don You were talking about how like they they created uh,
0: the drivers. Yeah,
2: the yeah. the not camaraderie. Um, well pick me up here.
0: Yeah, so they had the they had the snake. Yeah. Don Yeah. And the mongoose. Yes. And they were friends, but they they created a rivalry. Yes. So that they could market sure. themselves absolutely. absolutely with hot wheels. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, working together but mm-hmm. it didn't look like
1: they were Yeah. together. That, yeah. Well, that's the old Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt thing, right? Yeah. When, when when Jeff Gordon was a kid, he was just coming into it. Dale Earnhardt would like, kick him around and kind of like make fun of him that he was a kid and here's your milk and this and that, you know, you're not having champagne, yada, 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 but meanwhile, behind the scenes, they were kind of working together and kind of creating a brand together. And, and, and Dale Earnhardt put his arm around him and said, this is how you trademark your name, this is how you market it, this is, this is what genius. we're gonna do together, you know what I mean? So it's it's genius, it's absolute genius. And, and you know, all of us chassis manufacturers, I don't feel like anybody's pitted against one another. We're all in mm-hmm. it for the goodness of the sport. Yeah. You know, I had a customer I had mentioned earlier today, you know, he came in and introduced himself to me and said, I just want to let you know, I just left Tio and Matt Hearn gave me a great price on a car. Mm-hmm. So, right then, okay, as a businessman, what do I say to someone, you know? So I said, You know what? I used to work at Tio. I said, I knew Matt when he was little. I said, I've known Matt since he was probably five, six years old. And you know what? Good yeah. for you. You know, I like the Tio cars and I would never discourage you from buying one. Yeah. Like, I came from there. I get it. You know, here's my price. I hope it's comparable to it. I hope you buy our product. But if you don't, I understand, and, mm-hmm. and good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, and, and you know, my friends at Eric Mack with DKM, and and we all kind of have to be together. You know, and if one of my customers goes to him, it happened last year. You know, for some body panels and things like that. And he calls me up and says, "Why would this guy come to me for a panel?" I said, "Well, why do you think he would come to you?" You know, I said he owes me some money. Blah 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 blah. So there's a little bit of camaraderie there also. Yeah. And I've gone through that with Tio also, because is only twelve or fifteen miles from me. You know, uh, he's called me up and said, Hey, did someone so bring you a car to do body? So, yeah, can you do me a favor? Can you keep that car there? He owes me a bunch of money. It happened years ago. Yeah. And I said, Okay. Well, I got done with the body, the guy owed me money, so I kept the car there anyway, you know? And it's like, you gotta you gotta yeah, work awesome. a little bit together because we I all like there's there's plenty out there and and, and our employees, since the day I've I've opened, I've always said, you know what? Let's watch what everybody does. Let's be interested in it, but let's worry about our four walls. Mm-hmm. You know what's inside here. Let's worry about that. You know, let's keep our eye on what Tio's doing because they build my nice stuff. Let's keep our eyes on now, They've got the most stuff out there. You know what I mean? And, and 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 let's not worry about what they're doing. Let's just worry about making the best stuff we can here in this building. You know. Mm-hmm.
2: So us get deep. I like it. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> how, about like,
0: the, how about the balance between uh, trying to be you're, you're driving and uh you're a guinea pig for all your new ideas and that just that killed a lot of my racism. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Actually, it's funny. Um, <laughs> i sorry, I, I recently interviewed Ashley Stremi with uh, and I was talking to her about it, and she's like, you know. People just think, like, because David builds these chassis that he's gonna go out and win, but they don't realize he's out there testing. Absolutely. All the time.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Alex Tonkin uh, does all of our machine work and he helps us create a lot of the parts that we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alex runs up the pen can, same thing. He's a racer and he's like, oh, I got some ideas we gotta try. You know, he sends me some sketches, sends me some ideas, and he's like, we gotta get it on Cody's car and let him try it. You know, I'm gonna put it mm-hmm. on my car, we're gonna try it. And I'm like, all right, sounds really cool, but. How many races can you go to and sort of waste if it doesn't work mm-hmm. you know we don't have nascar uh their ability to go out and test and do that kind of thing you know and when you are trying to find your own way and trying to do that it's hard to sneak things on your car for a night without really looking terrible and being terrible because you say to yourself you know what i would have been a lot better if i would have changed this and that after i tried what i tried and then you go back the next week and you try that next thing you know you're three or four weeks into it and you're like man this mm-hmm. just isn't really that good you know what i mean so um and that's a, that's a hard thing but you do have to keep trying and i killed yeah. a lot of my races like that and i won a few like that too i mean yeah you know
2: lot top i bars. took a
1: big i did i did and when i started building you know my, my own cars i put myself out there just yeah. like everybody else does you know what i mean you put yourself out there to be really good and you put yourself out there to be terrible mm-hmm. but it is it is what it is and that's the cool thing about our sport it's the cool thing about any sport You put yourself out there and that's how it is they is. They're gonna die by it okay
2: let's circle back here do you also maintain for some people car We
1: actually during the summer we maintain four or five cars. Okay, yep. so one question. Yep. Holy crap.
2: You you have your transit business. You you're still bad, like we're not we're not saying you're done. Your sun races. I'm done now. Oh. Yeah, it's official. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yesterday we took the last seat out and it's an, announcement?
0: Announcement? Our, our is an announcement. This is the Yeah, okay, yeah. So, okay,
1: well, let's backtrack to yeah. just this past year.
2: You're doing all that stuff. You're building race cars. You're you're helping your son. You're, you're being the guinea pig. You're main, like maintaining people's cars so they can race over the weekend. Like, What, what does a normal week look like for Terry? Do um, you sleep?
1: I do sleep, but I, okay. you know, like we watched the Chili Bowl all week this week. Yeah. I made it to one feature, you know. Oh, I, like, I made yeah, it to yeah. me made it last night, but every night that happens, I, I only I was only awake for one feature. Yeah. Um, I'm up at 4:30, quarter five every morning. I've never set an alarm. I'm just my feet hit the ground running. And my normal day, Cody can tell you, um, there's not a lot of sitting down. I don't get to sit down and enjoy lunch with everybody every day. I don't get you know a lot of phone calls, a ton of text messages. Um, you know, you got to be day and night. It's 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 not a job. You know, it's it's literally it's you yeah it becomes who you are and you know people don't care uh, you know if they race saturday night you know sunday morning they're going to text you at eight o'clock and tell you how great it was they're going to text you how terrible it was they're going to text you Mm -hmm. you name it and you know what i want to know that and i want communication because if our cars work or they don't work i want to be responsible for it i want you know the the so 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 my weeks you know um, um we're six days a week minimum and usually Sunday mornings you mean you can do eight days Oops. if I could I would right. but we're six days a week and then a lot of times you know Sunday mornings a good half a day also you know and then we try to stick to our own cars working on like Tuesday nights Thursday nights mm-hmm. Saturday afternoons and things like that in winter and, and you know Cody Cody goes to college so he works on his own cars quite a bit and you know he's off for the month he works for me during the day and still works on his own cars and stuff and does his own work but you know I've never ever figured out how many hours I work but I can tell you, if I got a 40-hour-a-week job, I would feel like I was retired, and that would be really cool. <laughs> I forget my dad. He was like, the amount, the amount of time that
2: like a driver puts into his race car, you're probably making like 75 cents an hour. i probably
1: make less. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably make less, but it's hard. But if I can put enough hours in there, I can still bring enough money home, so it's fine.
2: Now, <laughs> I mean, you, you have a great support system around you, um, but is there ever at any point in time where you're just like, you know what, I'm burnt out?
1: um three times a day no no <laughs> Great answer. not really not really uh you know we we know when we need to take a break sometimes and sometimes like the end of the year like sarah and i just it was almost like spur of the moment decided you know what let's let's go to charlotte let's just try to charlotte so you know it wasn't wasn't a huge vacation but it was a four or five day break from what we do every day you didn't
2: go to charlotte the World finals we did That's well
1: places. i'm away from you know i'm away from the shop and i'm away from from my phone being Attached to that, at least, and, and every few years we go. We, we, we've gone to Punta Cana and stuff like that. You need to take a week or ten time. days. There's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We've gone six or seven times, but you know, I got you. In the, in the coming years, not racing as much, maybe going to do more would be neat. Mm-hmm. You know, getting getting away from it a little bit more would be neat, and you know, the business is. I feel like it's 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 kind of where I would where I would want it to be as far as that goes, and running pretty smooth, but. Even when that happens, you try to figure out then how do you make more money. You know, that's a really hard economy right now. And it's really hard to get parts and get pieces. So there's different stresses. You know what I mean? So that adds to the hours that you work. Because sometimes at work and working, physically working, is the easy part. But it's it's the 1 o'clock in the morning clarity that you have, 2 o'clock in the morning clarity that you have when you have your own business. When you're not working, but you know exactly what you have to do the next day at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part about it my weeks and my days Mm -hmm. and my months you know this week we did a tremendous amount of work we got you know three cars out this week we brought a bunch of money in and and that whole cycle starts again this week with getting more material getting more things in line to build more cars you know taking more orders blah blah blah. and and a lot of that stuff is a lot more taxing the actual physically building the car is the best part that's the funnest part Mm
0: -hmm. but i feel
1: like that's the end of the big process so you know i probably work (laughs) 70 80 hours a week, probably easily. Mm-hmm. I would think without even, I've never figured it out. I think I probably would quit if I figured it out. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't look into it. Well, it's long <laughs> enough that you don't have to keep track. No, exactly <laughs> right. But you know what? We're set up really well. Our shop is nice. It, it's, I, I wouldn't, knock on wood, I wouldn't change a thing about it really. We're really happy with what we have. We're happy with the people that we have mm-hmm. guys that build cars with us, our associates that build parts and stuff with us, we're really in a good place right now. And we're we're still, I feel like we're still up and coming because we never really have gone that hard into it to say, boy, you know what, we want to build 100 cars this year because building 30 to 40 a year is plenty for us. And it's making enough money to keep our bills paid and all that kind of thing. So, you know, there's something to be said about having a, a slice or two of pizza and not having to eat the whole pie, you know what I mean? So that's what we look at. Well, probably not, but a lot of pizzas has been eaten. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Is it Friday nights for you guys? Because it's Saturday
1: here. Pizza? Pizza night. It's Tuesdays. It's Thursdays. It's Saturdays. Oh my god! Okay.
0: That's minimal. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. oh. So yeah, that's where you want to hang I out. Know. Yeah,
1: yeah. When actually, when, when Mandy first started doing Arbonne stuff, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I need to do something to lose weight because I'm like 220 pounds, 230 you know, when I was 210, I felt like I was heavy. Now I'm like 220, 230. And mm-hmm. she's like, I could totally help you. I could totally help you. I got you covered, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, great. So I did that for a little while. So now I'm sitting here, I'm like 250 and getting older. And it's like the pizza nights, bro. Yep, yeah, exactly. So some of my friends got involved and bought some stuff. And then he goes ahead and says, hey, Mandy, you know, we eat a lot of pizza at the shop. So a couple of my guy friends are at the shop, you know, and saying, you know, she goes, I mean, let's talk about that. It is busted. busted. Yeah, busted.
2: It's, it, it is, it's hard to keep that balance.
1: Right. But the good thing is my son's 120 pounds
2: you could share it with
1: him and as a racer he's really an ideal weight so it's yeah. it's really cool it
2: yeah. is yeah it is helpful. yeah,
1: yeah. But eating is
0: one of my enjoyments it's one thing i enjoy doing some mm-hmm. um, guys have uh like family dinner at night yeah or breakfast at, at the, the, the shop we do you know, family Tuesdays, dinner Thursdays. At how far oh, is the shop
2: there. near the house is it right there? so far
1: or? sarah comes out a couple of times a week you know it's a 15 20 minute ride it's not yeah. it's not bad you know it's it's it, it it's it's close enough to be convenient but not too far away to be you know, it's, it's 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 convenient. I don't think I'd want the shop to be right on top of it or have the shop at the house, you know, that'd be tough. But that was always the thing with my dad. Nice
2: growing yeah. growing up was kinda like you said, uh I forget our our motto already. Forget it. Something <laughs> forget it. Live it, love it.
1: Live it, love it, forget, forget it. Forget it. Yep.
2: Six o'clock. Oh. All right. Did we just, <laughs> Did we I think it's lost electric.
0: I, I think That's I never know. happened. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a light. To... This is the darkest room oh ever. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> it's Are so windy. <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark?
2: I, I'm looking for my phone, but it's recording us right now. Wow. Oh. like lights out. Yeah, there's one light on. Maybe it's the fire light or the emergency. Yeah, my, my, probably the emergency. Oh, there it is. <sighs>
1: God, that scared the shit out of me. I
2: thought we were going to die. Anyone else? No. you heard? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, because we've we had our heads on. We haven't been doing like, do It's been like that, that the whole time. It's been like that? Yeah. yeah. We can't hear any of
0: that. Yeah. We can't look all we can hear is each other. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. all we can hear. There's going to be a tree that flies through yeah. the floor. <laughs> like, oh, excuse me. What exactly? What exactly? What exactly? Can't end there. We gotta like
2: we gotta wrap it Absolutely, up. we're not ending it on. They died. They're gone. They're, <laughs> gone.
0: They're,
1: gone. They're, gone. They're gone. And everything's erased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the hoping. What's that? I'll come back. You come back. Absolutely. That's no, just, just a think, brownout now.
2: I think we're gonna just try and wrap the, yep. wrap this up before yep. we all go down with yep. the ship. Yep. Yep. So um We're not, we know we're, we were kind of discussing pizza for a hot second and then we lost electric and blacked out. So, um, everyone's okay.
1: Seems like it. We're we're okay. Heart rates are a little better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, we're, I don't, I don't want to say like the certainty of like the state of Middletown, Orange County and all this stuff, but like with Middletown being literally in your backyard, like you're, you're.
1: Yeah. you're playing yep. middle town is, is yeah you know sure.
2: what do you feel the future is for like for you for your son for if well that's that moving that's forward. really
1: been the hot topic around us you know with orange county kind of the last couple of years knowing what the fate is probably going to be you know it's going to be gone um has been hard for us you know for me personally growing up i went to high school i graduated high school right across the street from there mm-hmm. so every day of my life i've been i've been near there and by there and grew up racing there and grew up going there my entire life every week i can't really remember any week that i missed there ever and since i've been a kid you know so that's gonna be a tough road probably similar to what you guys went through when you were a kid and, and flemington went away flemington, you know
2: east windsor not an yeah. easy
1: thing east windsor mm-hmm. same thing you know i i don't know how we're gonna face it you know business wise we take care of a lot of cars there we yeah. do a lot of work there so yeah. that's something where i've been trying to help some of my friends and stuff place them maybe some other tracks give them some other ideas and things like that and still trying to hope that our shop is geographically in an area where people will still be able to keep their cars with us and things like that. Mm -hmm. Because during the summer when we're not building a lot of new cars and we don't build a lot of new cars during the summer, you know, we maintaining people's cars has been a huge part of what we do. And, and, and a hundred percent of those cars race orange County. So right now, I mean, I have one of the cars that we keep there. They just had a total team sellout, just knowing that Middletown's Mm -hmm. likely to be gone or just run a couple of races and they can't picture themselves racing anywhere. So, you know, there's a, there's a few teams that are going to do that. So um, it's it's going to create a lot of challenges for us. Uh, as far as us racing with Cody, um, same thing. You know, I was kind of hoping that with Middletown limiting itself, Accord and Gary Palmer would would entertain maybe going to a Saturday night um, schedule. Yeah. You know, their Friday night schedules tend to get a little bit long um, for a Friday night. They put a lot of racing into it to make a buck, and, and it ends up being a really long night, which I think would be – Better done on Saturdays. They probably could get more of a car count there. Uh, can be more um, uh, on the map. I think if they're on a Saturday night, and it would it would make our Friday nights. So maybe we could go to Afton, be in Afton, just changed over to back to Friday nights. Maybe we could go there on Friday and then Accord on Saturday. But speaking to Gary Palmer, he has no interest until Middletown really makes a decision to be gone to change to Saturday. So yeah. for this year, you know, if Middletown's only going to run the limited deal with a couple of races, we would run Accord on Fridays and and then pick and choose our Saturdays maybe a little bit of thunder mountain here and there i saw that they came out with a little bit of a series between thunder mountain and afton maybe run a few of those races cody's gonna cody actually has a couple of big blocks at his disposal that he could run so maybe we're thinking about maybe going to the big block race at new egypt when they have it maybe going to the big block race at thunder mountain when they have it maybe just a few that we can we can kind of target we're going to target our races a little bit more this year than just say you know weekly friday weekly saturday and things like that so you know, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of our customers stay in and stay at it, you know, but around Orange County right now, you know, the, the attitude is really is really dismal and really tough, you know, it's but but you know what, the last five years, I think have uh, kind of shown that, you know, how came in with an awful lot of money. You know, and put a lot of money into the place, and 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 did everything they could to make it as good as they can make it, and it still has been in the decline. But our area as a whole is changing a face. It, it, the face of of Middletown and Orange County is changing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people from New York City since COVID have moved up by us. We don't know a lot of our neighbors now. We don't, you know, they don't know there's racing going on. They're not racing people, mm. you know, so that's been really tough. The grassroots stuff is gone from Orange County. It's gone from Middletown. It's it's a lot different of a city now than it used to be. So um, we're going to have as a racing business, we're going to have some challenges there for sure. But knock on wood, and luckily we do do a tremendous amount of cars in the southern tier, Thunder Mountain, places like that where our business will still continue to be okay. But just we're going to have to. Rethink about what we do in the summer times and things like that. Yeah. Yep.
2: yep. So let's leave this on a positive note, shall we? Um at least I think it's a positive note. Oh it's I, all positive. Oh, everything's well, positive. Well, even
1: Middletown, you know, something'll happen, it'll it'll, it'll work out. Sure. It
2: always works out in the end. Yep. So um I love I know we literally started like open this episode talking about podcasts. And I always loved how you you'd always text me and be like, That was a great podcast, can't wait to sure. hear the next one. Yep. You're there's that's what I love about opening up dirt track confessions is it's like the next wave I mean podcasts have been around yeah but I feel they're getting more more hype more people are plugging into it no one has time to read anymore um, exactly so like as a driver or a businessman like are there certain podcasts that you're like yes people need to listen to this or I don't know like for me it's I'm always about growing not sure. only business absolutely. career but in absolutely here. Yep. so yeah What would you offer, suggest, like top ones? My top
1: podcast always, I go through the Joe Rogan podcast list. Of course. Whether that's a politician that's on there, whether that's a Navy SEAL that's on there, there's Mm -hmm. something to be learned from every podcast he has on there. Some of them are, you know, cooler than others. I listened to Hulk Hogan was on a couple of weeks ago. And when I was a kid, he was huge. He was big, blah, 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 blah. Well, who knew what made him tick? And after listening to that podcast, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. This guy is amazing. You know what I mean? Ric Flair was an old wrestler. I didn't. I never really follow a lot of wrestling. Same thing. You know, he's seventy some years old now, and, and he talked about his whole entire life. I mean, it was like uh, he has such a diverse amount of people on there. A mm-hmm. lot like what you've started to do. You know, you're in racing, but you dabble in other things too. Yeah. Things that make positive light. Things that make that kind of thing. Racing. You have a lot you can get into with yeah. your nutrition, with with all the things that you have to offer. You, you can go into a lot of different facets of it. And I think that's what makes a good podcast yeah. is having a lot of diversity in there where you can learn about people and people that are watching and listening can learn about those people. Like, man, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, people might look at me and say, oh man, I, I really didn't even realize he's 50 something years old already. And he's been racing 30 years. That's crazy. You know, who knows? I didn't realize he's a aging disease, like whatever fine wine stuff. <laughs> and you can Stop. be doing
0: this while you're riding in the car. Uh, drilling body panels. Yeah. Every or single morning, I have a podcast
1: on at the shop. I've got a big king speaker, and nice. when Big Rut that works with me, when he walks in, we've got podcasts on, and we listen to them. That's great. Sometimes when he gets there, they're on still. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? And it, there's a lot to be learned. It's really cool. So right. Now
2: he gets he can't do two things at once. Yeah. So I don't look at me like I'm wrong. <laughs> That's
0: true. <Yeah. laughs> it's it's yep. true. Like
2: yeah. I. I put a lot
0: of focus into what I do.
2: He does. He does. So like there's music playing in the background, but I'm always sending him podcasts like you need to listen to this like in my car in people are like, you listen to a podcast when you work out. I'm like, yeah,
1: like absolutely. It's
2: when else do you have time?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. And and you know what? I listened to uh, Robert Kennedy was on the other day. I'm not into politics, Mm -hmm. but I I said, man, I wonder what makes this guy tick. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I listened to his entire podcast, you know, that was on Rogan. You learn a lot about it. Like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Well, how you know else I mean? are you going to learn? I'm not because I'm not going to open a newspaper and read it because they're only going to print what they feel like letting you read. Yes. You know what I mean? So I don't believe the news when I watch it. I don't believe mm-hmm. a lot of things that I, I read through it. I probably drive Sarah crazy most of the times we watch news because I said, we know that's not true. Yeah. We know that's probably not happening. That's probably just what they want to feed us. So listening to a podcast and directly out of somebody's mouth is the best way to get it. And I just, I, I love it. I put it on its background. Sometimes in the car, we'll pipe it in if we're going on a long trip. We'll, yeah. we'll put it on and it's a great way to pass time in the background
0: and, and learn mm-hmm. when that, that was, that was money right there. Yeah. What an explanation. Yeah. I mean, cause that is what, that's what it is. It's because you're getting the real honest truth. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. these people aren't going to tell you until you ask the right questions. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. What else do we need to ask you today? Yeah. I really don't know. <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> I just, my, it's pretty much my whole I life have to say that, yeah. uh, You are an excellent guest, and this was a pleasure. Well, you know, honestly,
1: when Mandy texted me to invite me, I texted her back and said, I thought you'd never ask. She said, You want to be on my bike? I said, I thought you'd never ask. I can't wait. And we're getting ready to come into this, and you know, I want Mandy to succeed. I'm like, I'm doing this so little for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted Cody to come down to see the shop, to see what can be done in racing and yeah. what can happen. You know, your dad's mm-hmm. shop and all that and see Mike's cars and Billy's cars and everybody's cars. And, and I wanted to do it for you. I you know, know I like I, I just it. I love what you do. And, and I like when people are encouraging other people to do well, whether that's eating, whether that's racing, whether that's anything. You know, we have to have each other's backs yeah. in this world, in this room, anywhere you go, you got to have each other's backs. Yeah. So it's it's a good thing. It's all good.
2: You're a genuine yep. person. We love you. <laughs> everyone does. Like, uh, you walk through the pits of Middletown, any track. It can be anywhere. And everyone, like, n- I've not had one person say anything negative about you. Like, except for pizza night. That's about I it. I try. <laughs> I
1: just try to be me. And, I, yeah. and I'm, me, I'm me to the core. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And what you see is it. That's it. Yeah. You know, when if I, I like somebody, I, I'm right there. And there's a lot of people that don't like me. And you know what? There's a lot of people I don't like. Yeah. And they're going to know that, too. Yeah. That's just me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's all good. Yep. Yeah, yep.
2: I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming. I in. I appreciate
1: you guys having me. Yep. Been that was, really exciting. That was Looking amazing. forward to it for a while. Yeah. Yep.
2: Okay. We're we will have to schedule you in for like episode two. Sometime. Absolutely. we nope. will love that.
1: Get in there. I'll do some co-hosts. And when Mike's racing or doing whatever he's got to do, and I I have time on my hands because I'm not racing. That'd be great. There you go. That'd be great. You can oh. be the fill-in. <laughs> 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 yep. I love well, it.
2: well, thank you so much, guys. I really hope you all enjoyed this. If you did, please like it, share it, tag us, tag. Tag Jerry. Tag you know Higfab. You guys got social media.
1: We do. We do. We have Facebook. Mm-hmm. Hague Fabrication's got a got a Facebook. We're pretty cool. Oh we're, yeah, we we're right Facebook. there. We're I'm terrible it. with the marketing. It's okay. And uh, you know what? I'm not all about it. But, but then, now and then, I create a little bit of content, and then all of a sudden, my phone rings, and uh, I'm like, Oh my god, these why people did saw I do our new, they saw our new floors. I'm like, Well, of course, you just put them on Facebook. I'm like, All mm-hmm. right, I marketed myself for a minute there. <laughs> yep so it's cool that's what i I was thinking of early when you're when you're talking
2: about your business your your business is more word of mouth it's building the trust the relationship my business is a
1: hundred percent blue collar love that it's within the confines of our building we do no advertising at all you're not going to open the paper and say yes none of that stuff it's word of mouth it's 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 good words by you guys telling other people and that's what gets a lot of people in our door and then once they're in the door we try to keep them there with giving them the best service we can It's real. It's tough. That's amazing.
2: It's amazing. You're doing great. Well, thank you again. And everyone like it, share it. And we will either see you at the races or we will catch you next Tuesday on our next episode. Thank you. Perfect.
1: Thank you, guys.